Here's the remix. When you try your best, here's a lead pass. That's ready after a loose puck. Right into the empty net. Caps it home. Empty net goal for Max Pacioretty. 7-4 Golden Knights. 2-16 left in regulation. Pacioretty gets a right to land on Bellows. Now an uppercut from Pacioretty. Couple of rights. Bellows has yet to get his hands free. Pacioretty gets a several rights in and trying to get an uppercut in. And Bellows is tiring. Pacioretty still swinging away. And now the linesmen step in. El box para el equipo de Vegas Golden Knights sobre la línea azul. Vamos a ver si viene el disparo. Viene el disparo. A lot, lot of energy. A lot was of energy. Was there. that Jesus? Yeah. Nice. Soccer I, coming to Las Vegas next week. I'm very fired up for that. I know, I know that energy from Jesus. His office is right next to mine. <laughs> yeah, he's, just, he's just talking like that all day long? A lot of times. And on Fridays, I, I, I do respect this, though. On Fridays, he gets in the zone, and he'll start playing some some old school music, and he'll play it really loud. It's usually around Friday afternoon. Usually before I go on, on Radio Nation Radio 920 at 2 o'clock, cheap plug for the show, um, <laughs> he'll start playing some music really loud, and then he'll start singing along with it. So he, he's feeling that weekend vibe. I, I, I totally respect it. Now, it kind of weirds me out when he has a – he does this thing with a puppet. And he'll what? start – yeah, he has yeah. a puppet. He has a puppet, and he'll start talking – like he does a skit with the puppet in his office too sometimes. So that gets kind of weird. But when he's singing, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. This is not about his- – <laughs> In general, <laughs> puppets are horrifying. Right. Oh no, that one is super scary. And it, and the voice is scary too. Like yeah, every he, time, does he do a different voice for the puppet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Voice for the puppet. Yeah. Like he'll say something, and all of a sudden the voice will be like, "What are you doing?" And that's spot on the voice too. I promise does you. The puppet speaks Spanish, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I can't speak Spanish. That's why I just slur my words. It's, yeah, it's, it's almost French. It's almost French. Yeah. It's it, genuinely sometimes if you're working at, at night here and you're walking by his office and you look to your right, you'll just have a puppet. Yeah, it's like it's you. like the Sp- <laughs> it's like it's just like ah! it's like the Spanish Chucky. Ah! I know that a a blank stare doesn't work well on radio, but I'm horrified. <laughs> I'm telling you, you I'm telling you, you walk by his office that that's it's like the Spanish Chucky doll is staring at you and and then when he does the when he's actually working on it he'll say he'll say something in Spanish and then all of a sudden the the, the doll will speak back and say, What is this? We're going to do this. And it's like, Whoa. It's kind of crazy. We've really given a good behind the scenes pull of, of everything going on at the radio station today. <laughs> sure. <laughs> We've talked about everybody Whoa. on the show today. <laughs> shipping is $24.80. The shipping is two and a half times what the cost <laughs> of the Ben Wallace inflatable is. It's inflatable. It doesn't need like extra does handling, it, does it? Does it, really, does it really blow up to like seven feet tall? That's awesome. Yeah. How does it stand? Is it, it one of those weights? It's got to have yeah. it's got to have sand in the bottom or something. It's it's sort of like the, you know, the guy that you used to I don't know what they were called. You punch it and it like Yeah, yeah, bounces yeah. back yeah. up. Yeah. Kids love those things. This is arm his arms go like a Kimbo or what are they like They're they like just stand this. in place? They stand like this. Right, well, okay. You got to describe like, that on the radio. Yeah, you can't radio. say that it's stand like this. Nobody Great knows what radio. this means. Like hitting his like in defensive position with his yeah. hands up. Like you zone, you're playing zone. There you go. Right. You're playing the zone. Yeah, you got your hands up. Uh, 
yeah, I'm, I'm still in. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. I, I want this thing in the studio very badly. Uh, resetting the Golden Knights from the top of the show. Max Pacioretty gone. Riley Smith stays. A couple other uh, minor moves. Dylan Coughlin, I know, was a uh, another uh, player has, who has earned some fans here during his time in Las Vegas. He was also part of that Pacioretty deal going off to Carolina for future considerations, which I know a lot of people are wondering what that means. Sometimes it actually does mean something. Right. Every once in a while, you work it out down the road and say, all right, here's a you know fourth-round pick, whatever. For the most part, though, it's it just a way to say we traded him for nothing. It's a salary dump. Sure. It's a, you're taking on a salary, uh, we are getting nothing back, and you're taking him on as a player, essentially um, signing a free agent that wasn't a free agent is, is how it really works out. And so the Golden Knights are in a position now with a little bit more, not really flexibility, but they're closer to having some flexibility with a couple more moves, and we'll see what they try to do to replace that goal-scoring ability. Uh, I think it'll be with uh, you know depth more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to find one guy that's going to be able to be that productive, but you know, as we said, Max Pacioretty was not on the ice all that often anyway the last couple of years, and usually don't get more durable as you get older. Right. No, that's that's a fact. And it doesn't matter what sport you're talking about. It doesn't even matter in life. In life, you don't get healthier, right? I mean, it's just well, I guess, simple as that. I guess the counter would be uh, in baseball in the 90s. Guys got more durable as I they mean, got older. They also had better needles. Sure. <laughs> With substances. I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't natural, but right. uh, yeah, they started hitting more home runs in their late 30s than they did when they were 27. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that plays out well. Uh, there was another bit of news. We kind of referenced it earlier, Ryan Carpenter mm-hmm. signs with the New York Rangers. Ryan Carpenter, an early member of the Golden Knights with Gerard Gallant here in Las Vegas. Now he reunites with the former coach in New York. Gallant continues to kind of add to his uh, his stable of former Knights there with Ryan Reeves there as well. Uh, look, maybe they might even play together on the fourth line. That would be interesting with Carpenter and Reeves uh, back together there. I said I had a Ryan Carpenter story that really is just an example of me just having no... I don't know if integrity is the right word, but just being—I don't even—I don't even know how to describe it. I'll tell you the story, and you can decide what my what my malady is. I suppose Ryan Carpenter. For those that don't remember uh, his time here in Las Vegas, really, really, really good dude. Just a great guy. Uh, fairly quiet, but a good player, and a, you know had a couple kids, family guy, but very religious. He's, okay. a, he's a Christian, very outspoken about that, participates in a lot of community events, and he was doing an event in town uh, for one of his Christian uh, groups. It was a, it was like a charity basketball game, and he was uh, kind of hosting it. He was kind of playing it, but I don't think he actually played. I don't think he wanted to risk injury. Uh, him and Nick Holden, another really good guy uh, from those Golden Knights teams early on, and I figured I was going to go to this event. Okay. Uh, mostly, you know, anytime there's an event in town, as, as you know, you just you kind of go. If the players are there, you, you're around them. Yep. First of all, they might talk, and you might get something yep. uh, that no, other people don't get. And it helps your relationship with these guys as you're trying to, you yep. know, build those relationships and, and get stuff out of them. And Ryan Carpenter saw me there. As I said, Ryan Carpenter, very religious. Huh. Adam Hill, not religious. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how this one's going to go. I may have said some very, very anti-religion things in the past. Oh, Lord. Literally. <laughs> uh, 
But Ryan Carpenter came over to me and he's like, Hey, great to see you, man. He's like, I, you know, I always enjoy our conversations. It's really cool to see you out in a different environment outside the locker room. I, I like this. I was like, all right, cool. We had a little conversation. He actually uh, gave me some quotes. I had a feature story on him and why it's so important for him to be a part of these events and that sort of thing. And wrote the story. He came up to me in the locker room the next day and was like, I just had no idea you were so into your faith like me. <laughs> because I wrote a story how you know he was very into his, his faith and how yeah. he's doing these events. And yeah. he just assumed that because I wrote that story that I also – Shared the same beliefs, right? Exactly. Yeah. And from that point on, so what did you tell him? Did no, you tell no. him, "Oh no, that was uh, BS." I, I was just, I, I said, I, I just said, uh, "Yeah, it was cool seeing you." <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't tell him, basically, is what you're saying. You just no. played the role. Well, what am, what am I going to do? I, like your you your said. belief your belief system confuses me. <laughs> is that what I was going to say? No. Well, maybe you know what you could have done. You could have said, "Actually, I'm a little bit confused by your belief system. Tell me more." And then you could have had a, no, a follow up conversation. I've heard plenty. I got got kicked out of CCD several times. Wow. I know. I, I've heard plenty. Uh, I just let it kind of sit there. I didn't say one way or the other. Right. But oh, from that point on, he talked to me every day. That's hilarious. I. I almost wish you would have leaned into it. Like, just start wearing a chain uh, yeah, with, a, with a chain with a cross on yeah. it. Oh, wow. I, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. I, that's that's a good question. I don't I don't know either. I mean, I, I want to just say like, hey man, really, I just kind of just wrote this feature on you, man. I just found it an intriguing story, and I thought I'd get it out there. But yeah, that's not me. I mean, I, but then, then all of a sudden you're turning him again. Then now he's right, never right. Then all of a sudden you're him. a jerk, right? Yeah. Then every time he sees you, he's like, "Oh, that guy's a fraud." Even though you never try to present yourself like that, yeah. So you're I, you're in a bad situation. I neither confirmed nor denied what <laughs> what my what my situation was. But uh, I will say again, Ryan Carpenter, fantastic human being, right. just just a great dude. Uh, but that's my. That's my memories of Ryan Carpenter and how our relationship went from non-existent to like right. best friends overnight. It was fantastic. All based off of lies that you never <laughs> not told. Not lies. You never not told lies. them. You never told the lies, uh, but they were mission. they were false storylines. How about that? <laughs> well, false narratives. Yeah, there you go. That that works too. I mean, it was it wasn't created by me. It just just so happened that we uh, became friends like that. The goal that I still have moves to make. Uh, still have still have some things to figure out in terms of how they're going to continue to build this roster. Uh, exactly, you know who's going to be who's going to be in, who's going to be out. There could still be trades on the way. And oh man, if they trade anybody else for nothing, oh my god, oh boy. The the oh response to the first bite thus far has been nope. <laughs> Just literally, okay. and which is huh? is my fault for asking a yes or no question. Yeah, that's poorly but, poorly phrased. Yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, people are not thrilled about getting giving away stuff for nothing. It's not for nothing. Again, right. look at it it's more. Not nothing. Look at it more. It was Max Patch ready for Riley Smith. Yeah, there. That's 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 one good way of putting it. And the other way is again, like we mentioned and we've talked about it a few times, it's 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 getting the it's 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 the salary dump, which is going to allow you to do what you have to do. And like you mentioned, Riley Smith, that's a that's a good sign, and that's something that you expected, but they needed to make happen. Now they can go ahead and move forward with whatever the plan is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Raiders have a plan. They're going to they're gonna start to put it in place yeah. uh, next week with training camp opening. What are the big questions going into training camp for the Raiders? Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. 
I believe that was future Senator Sandra Douglas Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> she can do just about anything she wants, right? I've, that, re- I've, that resume is incredible. Yeah, I've been on this uh, since since the moment she was hired. I said she's going to be there five years and then be Senator. Right. Uh, we'll see if that works, if that timeline works out. She, I mean, too early to talk presidential run? Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, she, she's one of the most impressive people I've ever been around. So, um, again, we'll see. Doesn't I mean her job isn't really to win football games anyway. No. So if people say, well, if she wins, then we'll. See. She's, not, she's not. She's not signing players. Yeah. She's Although, not the 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 president of football operations. Mark Mark Davis did make that joke. I don't know if you were around when yeah, uh, when he said that. I was, said, yep. She already uh, told, gave us some some tips for offense, defense, and special teams. She's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not it's not her job to win football games. It's her job to kind of steer the organization in a business sense mm-hmm. uh, in the right direction. And I have no doubt uh, that she will with uh, not only her experience but also her connections around the community that's massive man that is massive her community her community connections that she has after being here for 40 something years you know what i mean like that's incredible well most she's been here mostly we don't talk about a certain four-year stretch right after high school okay i mean she made a bad choice one bad choice in her life of college to go to and then you know fixed it by going to unlv law school but <laughs> so uh, the other school up the block, yeah. That we're not going to talk about. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, right? When they're when they're in their youth. Yeah, they're, she was young. There you go. Right now, someone's like, "What did she do so bad?" She, I mean, she went to Reno. Oh God! <laughs> I said it for you. I know it pained you. I know it pained you. So I went ahead and let the cat out the bag. She went to Reno. And I will say this: I was talking to her husband at the at the press conference, and I said, "Hey, for you guys, you know, this, this has got to be kind of weird. You're in the." You know, this big moment for the family, and you're in UNLV's stadium. And he said, yeah, we're we're Reno fans. Whoa. <laughs> Shots fired. Wow. Let it be known. So Let everybody known. does, everybody makes mistakes. But for the most part, the resume is sparkling. Yeah, it is. The resume is incredible. So I just think that she's going to do a really good job. You know, and, and I think, Adam, what was really important about the hiring was it wasn't someone that was already within the organization that has emotional ties to the organization. It was someone that can come in with fresh eyes, fresh blood, and uh, fresh ideas and say, okay, this is what needs to happen, again, without an emotional tie to the organization. Yeah, and, and the hope is that she's just allowed to do the job. Uh, that's, you know, and, and this is not a shot at the Raiders. It's, uh, you know, corporate world in general. You know, a lot of times people will come in from outside the organization and have a lot of ideas and, and look at some way th- ways things are done and say, well, this is not, this could be done better. This is, this needs to be streamlined. This could be fixed. This is actually done well. And, and there's, you know, all these observations and all these things are re- going to be made and people are very resistant to that. And you would hope yeah. that the Raiders are at a point right now where they're not, where they just say, hey, look, you're the president, you're in charge. And we're going to do things your way. So uh, we will find out. I mean, we actually won't find out because we won't be behind the scenes with what's going on. But we'll see uh, the direction that the organization goes in, which I imagine uh, under her direction will be a very positive one. Uh, Will the season be positive? That's what the big question is. And that's what's going to be answered starting with training camp and how it plays out. I I think just right off the top, it's – it's something we've been talking about for months, right? So we it's not it's nothing new, nothing has changed, but uh what are the questions for you? Like what are the big questions to answer in training camp? 
I mean, offensive line obviously is going to be question number one for everybody. You know, that's going to be when we're standing there three football fields away at the Intermountain Healthcare <laughs> Performance Center, that's what we're going to be paying attention to is the offensive line. That's going to be first and foremost. But outside of that, one of my big questions is the health of some, some key guys. Right. I mean, and you've mentioned it. You pointed it out to me, actually. You know, when's Denzel Good going to be out there available to practice? You know, when's Trayvon Mullen going to be out there available to practice? When's, you know, Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake going to be out there available to practice? I would assume immediately. But we didn't see them at mandatory minicamp. You know, they were inside working. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions. But I think health is a, is a big deal only because this is a new regime, a new scheme, new system that they have to try to learn. So how are you going to learn? Are you going to learn? By Zoom, or are you going to learn with reps? They're going to need reps. So that, to me, is, is also another uh, big, big question that I have. You, you saw Denzel Good walking on the practice field just like I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would, I would be stunned if he was right. anywhere and, close to being ready to go. Right, and you pointed that out to me, and that's, that's when it really clicked. It was like, yeah, you're right. You know, we saw him, and he didn't look like a guy that was ready to you know, be on the offensive line for 65 snaps a game or 70 snap, whatever the case may be. Didn't look like he was that guy. Didn't look like he was ready to be out there at all. So how does he play into the construction of this offensive line that has to start day one? And I think it's, you know, the connection between Carr and Devontae Adams, and obviously between all the the pass catchers, but Mm -hmm. the Devontae Adams connection is so important. And we know they've had a relationship going back to college. They played together. They know each other. They've thrown in the offseason. All those things are true. But it's also different when you're both learning a new system mm-hmm. and you are you are doing, you know, you're actually trying to run plays and trying to fit in the scheme of an offense is different than you just out there throwing with each other uh, at the park over right. the summers like they have been the last couple of years. Right, exactly. So, I mean, everything – and that's why I think it was impressive that, you know, guys like Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller were all out there at OTAs, which are voluntary. They don't have to be there. They were all there for mandatory minicamp, which they have to be. But – for those guys to be out there at OTAs, let it be known that they want to learn. They have a desire to learn, which is the alpha dog mentality that a guy like Devontae Adams brings. And if Devontae's there for voluntary uh, you know, minicamp, then the third guy, fourth guy, fifth guy that's a wide receiver better be there, right? If the best guy's there, then the guy who's still struggling to get on the team, he sure better be there. So I think that that has a trickle-down effect that helps the team. What rookie do you think is the most likely to have any any chance to kind of break into the rotation that we'll see in training camp? Um, I mean, I think that the the easy bet's got to be Zamir White. Yep. I, I think Zamir White is a guy that you're going to see in a rotation with Josh Jacobs as far as running. It might just be it might just be short down. You're in short yardage. It might be goal line. You know, he might steal some of the. I'm not a fantasy football guy, but he might steal some of Josh Jacobs' touchdowns that he might get uh, in that in that area because I think he's going to be that that power back dude. And so uh, that that's one. But I think Dylan Parham could play a role as well. You know, the third-round pick out of Memphis on the offensive line. He might sneak into it, especially if a guy like Denzel Good's not able to go out in training camp and start practicing. I only heard one thing that you said. What, Zamir White? Fantasy football. You're not a fantasy football guy. No, I'm not. Oh, no. I, I, no. I know you have like 5,000 fantasy football no. accounts. No, 20, 26. That's, a, that's close enough. <laughs> that is close enough. 26. You, I, I don't I'll, do fantasy football at all. I will also I'll tell you this. This is this is bad. I am in a really hardcore dynasty league where essentially you like you you have players. You know, most fantasy leagues you're dropping and adding players every single week uh, and just kind of tweaking your roster. I'm in one where you sign a guy and it's almost impossible to get rid of him. 
So like you have to make really good decisions about who you keep on your roster, who you sign, who you trade for. Uh, it's very intense. And the, the salary cap goes up every year. The player's salary increases by 20% over the course of the contracts that you sign. It's nuts. No wonder you're up till 5 in the morning. Yeah, but here's the thing. Free agency in this league begins tomorrow night. Oh, my goodness. So you're you're going to be in Cabo. Yeah. I will be wheeling and dealing and trying to put in bids on players. Oh, wow. And this is not like a standard, oh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll try to take this guy. If the people put in, all right, I'll I'll take him for three years, uh, starting at $10, which then means he'd be 12 the second year, 14 the third year. And you got to do all these calculations of, you know, how how much it will be. So I'm going to be having to do some real work. <laughs> while I'm down there, but I, I only heard I, in his hand. I heard one thing that really stood out to me, and you said like three years, ten dollars or whatever. Is this real money? Uh, yes and no. I mean, yeah, you're everybody spends almost exactly to the salary cap, and the salary cap is what the uh, what the entrance fee is. Oh, okay. So I think I think this year the salary cap is like the salary cap does go up every year, so it's around like four hundred and fifty dollars. Well, hold on. You spent four hundred fifty dollars to play a game. Yeah. Uh, well, two years ago, I will say that my fantasy winnings for the year were about equal to four months' salary. Shut up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had a really good year. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Wow. Uh, last year was like two weeks salary, so it wasn't as good, but still won. Wow. I uh, had so no yeah. idea. Yeah, it's it's definitely it, it's pretty intense, and it's it's a it is kind of an it's an investment to me for sure. Wow. No wonder yeah. no wonder there's folks slapping folks for uh for uh yeah. Oh well, that, well in the league. In, I mean that league. I think there was ten ten thousand entry. Wow. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. I don't I don't do any of that. Uh, you could do like do... a you could do like a hundred dollar league. I'm not doing a dollar league. I'm not doing any league. I one time when I was uh, at ESPN Central Texas, we had to sign up for a fantasy football t- uh, league or whatever. We had to be, have a team just because we were competing with the with the listeners and everything. So I did, and I immediately just got because I didn't care. I got rid of every player that anyone wanted. Like uh, I had Jamal Charles on my team. And someone said, hey, Q, I'll take that guy off your hands if you want. I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I traded him for, I think, like um, – Oh, the rest of the league was furious. I, I traded him for some some Raider that I knew was never going to get off the bench. You know, some some rando. Uh, I forget who it was, but it was like – what was that one? I always forget his name. He's like a fan favorite, but he was never that good. Uh, for the Raiders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a wide receiver that everyone loved, but he was never that good. And I was like – I always – it drove me crazy – why they liked him so much? He he was he was a patriot at one time. Um, oh man! I was gonna say the, the description of everyone loved him, but he never really did anything or made it. He did. He he I used thought... to catch the hardest passes he'd catch, and then the easy ones he'd drop. He was a special teams guy too. Darius Hayward Bay. No, because I thought you were gonna say it was Keelan Doss, but that was no. That was <laughs> oh yeah, that was another guy. Uh... I'm trying to remember his name. It was I think it was it wasn't Andre. Yeah, it was Andre. Um, God, everyone always gives me a bad time when I forget this guy's name. <laughs> because he's, I'm telling you, it was so funny how people used to get so mad at me when I was like, this guy's not that good. you know. But he was a good special teamer. And, you know, again, he was a – Oh, Andre Holmes? Yes, yeah. yes. 
Andre freaking what, Holmes. What's your special team? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, every, yeah, you're a special teams guy. But, yeah, everyone loved that dude. And I always say, like, he made tough catches. He did. But the easy ones he put on the turf every time. It would drive me crazy. So I think I traded Jamal Charles for him when I had a um, fantasy football team, which lets you know that I was never going to pay attention to it. And I didn't. I did not pay attention one time. Not once. By the way, totally changing gears. I I recorded an interview uh, somewhere yesterday, and I didn't realize that it was going to play while we're on the air. So they just tweeted out like "live now" coming. I was like, "No, nah, it's it's not." I'm, <laughs> I'm also doing a show somewhere else. So if you're listening to both stations, no, that's awesome. I'm here, I, hey, that happens to me all the time. I uh, I always. Every once a week, uh, my guy uh, CK he does uh, he does a sports show up in Fresno for Fox Sports, and he always records it because his show is in the afternoon, later afternoon. So he'll call me at le- 11, 12 o'clock, and we'll do a 15, 20 minute segment. Then in the middle of my show on Radio Nation Radio 920, all of a sudden he'll tweet out like "Q's on live right now" or "Coming up in a few minutes is Q," and I'll retweet it. But you know, I'm not really there. But that's <laughs> so, the beauty. That's the beauty of this game, right? I'm here. Right, I'm here right now. What so. station did you do? Uh, uh, should I not mention? No, it's fine. I mean, it was it was uh, as I said to them yesterday. I, I most of my life. This is not about you. This is who I usually work with and who I usually associate with. I said all my friends are just idiots, and everybody I talk to is just idiots all the time. And I, I mean that in the not the stupid way, just right. the you know silly and goofy way. Uh, so it's nice to have intellectual conversations every once in a while. So I did uh, I did KNPR yesterday. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Used and, to work that. But I recorded it yesterday, but it's playing apparently right now. So after we're done, you know, you can listen to it somewhere, I think. I talked about my love of soccer. Oh, you're a soccer guy? Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh Big man. Time. We got we got to do a we got to do, do a segment where it's like getting to know the host. <laughs> no nobody wants to take that deep dive into my dark mind. Trust me. <laughs> trust me on that one. Uh, do I have to do I have to give something away now, or we're good? No, it's after J.R. Starkis. You're okay, giving away. Good stuff. enough. Oh, J.R. Starkis, good times. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkis. Who needs a drink? So we drink and we drink and we drink. You answer the question of. Who needs a drink? I think it's everyone right now. <laughs> uh, I certainly do. I could use one. I think Q, you're in too. You would have one. That's Always. how we roll. That's how we roll. J.R. Starkis joins us right now. Good talking to you, sir. Hey, good morning. Live from the streets of Las Vegas. Yes, <laughs> thank you. That's very, very true. <laughs> the mean streets of Las Vegas. What? I'll, yeah. I'll just ask this. Where are you watching baseball today? That's all you're ever doing. Uh, I will, so I will not be watching baseball during the day at night. I will be at my son's game. He's got a game this evening. So I'll be at faith Lutheran tonight watching baseball nice. there tonight. Always good, good highlight videos. I enjoy them when I'm scrolling through my Instagram account. I'm always seeing some very good, uh, baseball highlights from the kids. So that's, that's impressive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of them. We're all proud of them. So he's actually, he just came home and he's like, I have my earbuds in. And uh, he just got back from the gym with his with his teammate, and he's yelling at me. And I'm like, "Hey, I'm about to go on the radio. What do you need?" He's like, oh, "I'm saying hi." He's like, "He's like, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be in the garage hitting baseball, so we may hear some baseballs in the garage here in a second. Oh, nice. perfect, even better. Perfect. Uh, the, the British Open is going on right now. Uh, do do the are the British are they known for any uh, solid drinks? Do they have anything impressive on the uh, on the menu? <laughs> 
Uh, no, not really. They're they're kind of known for their their beer, um, and then it stops. You know, uh, uh, no, maybe gin gin drinks. I would say something. You know, like um, uh, you know, some anything in the UK. They they kind of all meld together when it comes to a but So I would say, um, you know, when you're dealing with like Scotland and you know Scotch and and the Ireland with Irish whiskey and then gin and, and like England. Um, you know, those, those spirits and those type of things are pretty, um, tied together out in that realm of the world. And so it would probably be something with one of those. They do drink quite a bit of those spirits there. What about if a guy was about to go to Cabo, what kind of drink would you suggest <laughs> that he has to kind of make sure that he, he has, uh, you know, he fulfills his whole trip? Well, you know, if you're going to Cabo, which I know somebody listening on this radio station may be going to Cabo here in an hour. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously you're going to get your fair share of beer. Um, but, you know, I think like if my favorite drink, and I've said this many a time, is, you know, a margarita. And if it's well made, um, you know, you can't go wrong with a great margarita. So, you know, anywhere that you're going, you, you you definitely need to have a margarita. But I would also think that, uh, like, to, to kind of do a scope of how they're making Palomas out there mm-hmm. um, would be fun because there's a lot of different ways to make the Paloma cocktail, and it's you know, uh, you know, just a st- like just a half step away from what a margarita is. But with all of the what I would imagine would be a, a tremendous amount of like salty chips and salsa and sand in your feet kind of things, like margaritas and beers really sound good with that with the sun beating down on you. Master mixologist J.R. Starkus with us on the press box. That's uh, very professional, professional uh, reintro there. I man, like for real. Oh no, yeah. I was. Yeah. It's, we have to call him master mixologist because Ed Graney one day started saying that, and we were just <laughs> okay. like, N- "Is that one of your job titles, Jr.?" And he's like, "I guess." Sure, it is now. Uh, okay, sorry. Right, roll with you. it. Roll yeah. with it. Yeah. Well, te- technically, technically, too, um, to, to toot my own horn, then I am. Uh, and I am a, a certified master mixologist from the United States Bartenders Guild. I'm actually one of 13 in the U.S. that has the certification. Um, so the term master mixologist is something that a lot of people throw around, um, and the term mixologist in general. Uh, but there actually is a certification process to go through and become a certified master mixologist, and I, I did it. I completed it, uh, gosh, I think it was 2019 when I got my certification, 2018, somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, there's, there's only 13 of us in the United States though. Is there a good rivalry between the, you and those other 12? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because so, uh, let's see, most of them, it, uh, all of them, no, 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 almost all of them. I'd say, I think 10 of them live in Vegas hmm. and then, then there's one who used to live here, but moved to Florida. And then there's one or two in, in New York, I think. But the rest of us are here in Vegas, and uh, we're all good buddies. And um, you know, we, we try not to take each other too seriously because <laughs> while while we've excelled in in our craft, like the 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 when you get the certification, once you pass that, and you know, to, to the final stage of it is, you know, we're, you're literally you're writing a, a thesis and you're putting a thesis together um, and presenting that thesis. But when when you when you uh, when you get to that certification, you realize quickly, like. Man, for the last few years, I've taken myself really too seriously here, and then you just kind of back off of it. So it's uh, you kind of come back to earth a little bit. So it's it's nice to just enjoy beverages for what they are. So I saw this tweet where a bartender was saying, "I just got the most ridiculous complaint of my life. 
Someone asked for a dry martini, and when I gave it to them, they said it wasn't strong enough. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. I, there's so many weird things out there, man. It's like <laughs> I remember when I was bartending at the Eiffel Tower restaurant. Like people, like they they don't know what they're asking for, <laughs> and then when you give them exactly what they're asking for, they complain. I had a lady ask me one time for a gray goose, and I, I, I kid you not, this is how she ordered it. She says, "I would like a gray goose martini." Dirty, 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 dirty martini shaken really cold. And so I gave her, you know, dirty martini and all it is, you're talking, you know, uh, vodka in this particular case and, and olive brine. And so if I make a dirty martini, I'll add a little bit of olive juice. But since she gave me like nine dirties, <laughs> I probably, I, I, you know, I probably went like 50-50 on the vodka and the brine, you know. Um, and then I served her the drink and then she said it was really salty. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know, man. Like you, you get, I, I was kind of confused by that, but it, that stuff happens all the time with people who will ask you for weird stuff. I've had people ask me for shots of Patron, but microwaved or hot. I don't get that one. Um, oh, I, there's all kinds of awful, awful things in the world that people drink in. And you think they're ordering it as like a joke for somebody else. Like if I were out drinking with Adam, Adam would order this as a joke for me. Because like, ah, let's see on again him right now. Get a heat up the shot of Patron for JR and see him drink it. You know, like, but the, these people are like, oh yeah, that's, no, that's what I wanted. And I'm like, oh my God, what? okay, uh, $18 please. And uh, I hope you enjoy that, you know, whatever the case is. So there's a lot of weird requests out there. What percentage of a, you know, in that role, in a bartender job, what percentage of it is just tolerating nonsense from people? Well, uh, it depends. Like, I feel like it depends on what bar you work at. Sure. Um, but the, the, the absolute minimum is probably 30 percent. Um, and, and then, wow. like, the, the, close, the closer to outside your bar is, the higher the, the, higher the, uh, the percentage is. You know, like, if you're downtown Fremont Street outside, the percentage is, like, way high way high um, probably, you know, with the, with the people, because they're already in a specific state when they're down there, <laughs> um, you know. So uh, if you've walked Fremont Street recently, especially like any time after 7 p.m., uh, things get a little weird. So you can imagine what the bartender is tolerating at 1 a.m. on Fremont Street. Uh, it's not probably your most intelligent um, conversation that they're having with a lot of their guests, you know. Uh, it's, it's an interesting group down there. All right, Jr. I see Quantro and ginger beer in this uh, yeah. lovely red colored goblet. What what are we making today? Yeah, yeah. So so I wanted to do a drink. Kind of it uses a little bit more um, ingredients than I typically use in a drink. Uh, but all of the ingredients that I'm using today, I've I've, I've used uh, uh, before in drinks. So if you've gone out and made other drinks that I have uh, spoken about on the show, you have all these ingredients in your house, and there's nothing fancy here. Um, so I kind of did a mashup. Um, uh, you know, of a, of a, I won't even call it a mojito, but more of like a Moscow meal. People drink that style of drink really a, a lot more when it gets hot outside. And, and it's the, the ginger beer um, can be very cooling on your palate. So when it gets hot like this, a drink that I'm about to make, um, it, it works very well for kind of keeping the temperature cool and it's just very refreshing. So I called it Raspberry Fresh um, and it uses one ounce of Grey Goose Essence's strawberry lemongrass. Um, which is, you know, a kind of a, a flavored vodka, but there's no sugar added. The proof is a little bit lower, so it's just a flavored vodka without sugar added. The sugar that we're going to get from this drink is really going to come in the Cointreau because we're also going to add a, um, an ounce of Cointreau. And Cointreau is an orange-flavored liqueur from France. 
Grey Goose is from France, and it's um, but Cointreau is actually 80 proof, believe it or not. So um, it's just like drinking a regular spirit uh, with just a little bit more flavor. An ounce of lime juice, and then five to six raspberries, and all of those things are going to go into like a mixing tin, uh, like, you, like like a normal mixing tin if you were shaking a drink, and you're going to shake this drink. If you so desire, you can add a couple dashes of aromatic bitters. I do. It's Aromatic bitters is like a bartender's salt and pepper, adds a lot of flavor without, without adding volume. You can, if you so choose, omit the bitters. Uh, but you take those ingredients, add ice, and shake it all together. Um, the last ingredient will be the ginger beer, but this, because what we're looking for in the strength, we're, we've added the raspberries to it, and we're not muddling anything. The shake of the drink will break up the raspberries for us. Um, so in order to incorporate the raspberry chunks into the drink, you guys are going to love this. This is a, this is a bartending terminology. We, we, um, we call it what's called a dirty dump, and a dirty dump <laughs> is you shake, <laughs> you I'm shake, a child. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we all are. Uh, you you would shake you shake the you shake the drink and you kind of from the tin you're pouring all of the ingredients in the tin into the glass, right? And so you're using reusing that ice, and that's called the dirty dump versus a strain, which I do a lot of the time in the drinks that I make. Top it with a little bit of the Fever Tree ginger beer, a couple ounces. You can put it into the the mixing tin before you dirty dump, or you can just top it with and give it a little stir. Garnish it with a piece of mint and that's it it's a really refreshing um drink and it, like me i personally really enjoy like when i get like a smoothie or something i like the chunks in the smoothie i like the seeds that's me personally i like pulpy orange juice people think that's weird i don't know adam would probably think that's weird but <laughs> that's do, 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 do you think that's weird adam no and, and the in, so, ter- in terms of the chunks too, like i i feel like when you have them it, it almost just it reminds you like hey this is like real ingredients that you're using to make this Right, and, and, and like I drink it and I like to chew on it, but uh, so so the the dirty dump. I want to see how many times I can say dirty yeah. dump. I'm about to say I'm still stuck uh, on the dirty I think, dump, I think my you man. Said, I think you also said you <laughs> you strain to make the dirty dump. Yeah. I was like, okay, that, now we're <laughs> so so. But that that kind of like when you're when you're sipping the drink and the cooling of of the ginger beer and then kind of chewing on the fresh raspberries, it's just kind of an all immersive experience with the beverage, and it, it adds to it because you're not just drinking it; you're kind of eating it at the same time. Um, and it's a, it's a great drink for when it's 114 degrees out. You can ask for that in Mexico. It yeah. will also work with tequila. I don't think we're going to have a master, yeah. master mixologist at the resort, but I'll try. Oh, ten of them are in Vegas, so got to take one with you. That's, that's a gotta, good point. That's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. the group that walks in the bar that the bartender goes, oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he is J.R. Starkus. Go on Instagram and follow him at J.R. Makes Drinks. He Drink, puts drink off is all beautiful, of his, actually. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> drink. It's Every time he comes on, I learn something. Thank you, J.R. You bet, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, and to show you how much we appreciate you folks out there, I just talked about my love of soccer. Chelsea and Club America are playing at Allegiant Stadium this weekend. Yeah, buddy. Saturday night, Chelsea, Club America. It's the only reason I'm sad I'm leaving town, but I will be back for the two games next week. It's going to be awesome uh, watching some soccer at Allegiant Stadium. But Saturday night, Chelsea and Club America. Ticketmaster.com is where you can find the tickets. Or be caller 11 right now. 364-1100. You're going to see Chelsea and Club America at Allegiant Stadium or get your tickets to Ticketmaster. Pitch to Sanchez. In the dirt! Get- 
gets away. Roll toward the first base dugout. The throw home gets away. Aguilar scores, and somehow, <laughs> some way, the Marlins celebrate a victory 5-4 over the Pirates. You're locked in the press box. Look, one of you's a jerk. And I don't mean Jared and Q. Oh, okay. I was like, dang, Jared, what'd you do? <laughs> one of you listening right now is a real jerk. <laughs> but I also appreciate it. Oh, good. We will be buying <laughs> Ben Wallace. The inflatable seven foot, <laughs> at least according to Jared, it actually stands seven feet tall with his hands up trying to block your shot. We will be buying it for the studio. Nice. That's already been decided. I told Jared I'll send him the money, whatever it takes. We're going to do it. Nobody on the planet even knows this thing exists except for us. Right. And we didn't even know it until Jared discovered it. And yet we decide to start bidding and somebody outbids us? <laughs> what jerk out there is doing? We want this. And if you want, a, if you want a war, you got a war. I guarantee it's Cofield. He's he's uh, trolling us right now. No, he's he. I just got a text from him. He's drunk. Oh well. Well, maybe he is trolling us and drunk at the same time. He's at the beach. Not nice. enough. He's drunk. I'm, that's alleged. Uh, great show. Great job. Except for that one person out there who I hate right now. <laughs> that's making the price go up. Unless you're buying it for us. If you well, are, yeah, then that, that's. If that you works. are, let us know and we'll back off. Yeah, we'll take all that back. Everything bad we just said. But Jared's job for the rest of the day is uh, whatever else he does around here and finding us Ben Wallace. Q, great hanging out the last two days. Jared, not so much. Thanks to all the guests. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. I am out of here. You're not here for me for the next couple of days.